Hey, Evan. What? How does Steve from Minecraft stay in shape? How? He runs around the block. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 140, and I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. This is the official video game and board game podcast for EngageFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week, we're talking all about board games. In fact, we're talking about one board game. I'm going to come back. Uh, many of you have been listening to me talk about video games a lot because I was in LA for the Electronic Entertainment Expo, but I'm back to talk about board games and we're talking about one. We're going to start slow, but we're going to start big because we're starting with Rec Raiders from Kids Table Board Games and I've got Tim Brown here who is part of the team and you're going to talk to us about the game. How does that sound? Sounds good. This is all about hype today, folks, by the way, because we got a Kickstarter. <laughs> um, at the time that you guys are listening to this podcast, the Kickstarter will have been up for about three days. So the initial push from all their mailing lists and them asking all their friends and their moms, et cetera, to go in there and back this thing has going to have been fading because that's just how Kickstarters work. So it's our job to go in and be the cavalry. Um, so <laughs> do as you are told back this game. Um, I don't even really know what it's about, but just do it anyway. Um, but it's not just me and Tim today. We're here with my uh, trusty co-host, my sidekick, uh, Rob Kalajian from A Pawn's Perspective. How's it going, Rob? I'm doing pretty good. Are you okay with the fact that I called you a sidekick? Is that okay? I've never done that before. I uh, As long as I don't have to wear tights. Nope. No tights. <laughs> no tights. I'm, it's, it's okay. Um, we don't have a uniform requirement here. So, <laughs> um, so specifically, we're talking about Rec Raiders, which is on Kickstarter right now. Um, so, Tim, yes. give me the elevator pitch for Rec Raiders. Because I'm just diving right in. Normally, we have a whole bunch of rigmarole. We're just going to dive okay. right in. Tell me, okay. what's Rec Raiders all about? It's a dice drafting, worker placement, set collection game. Where you are divers, uh, or you run a bunch of divers, I guess you should say. Uh, who uh, are basically collecting treasures from sunken pirate ships. Okay. And you collect points in multiple different ways from, from those and from from baubles, which are uh, another way to, to which all, 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 they all have powers and things that you can do with them that uh, just enhance the game. Okay. So, so that's the elevator pitch. Um, Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, what role did you play in the development of this game? Uh, well, Josh and I were driving back from Gen Con in, uh, I think it was 2015, and he turned to me and said, let's design a game. Well, it was just the two of us in the car, so uh, I said, hey, I've got this uh, this mechanic here, let's try and do something with it. And then uh, he was, uh, at the time, he has this game Wasabi that was going to be reprinted through Z-Man, mm -hmm. and he said, "Well, they're going to do a, they're going to try and do a whole series of these these food games. So let's make a game that can fit into that series. So we made a game about ice cream. Okay. And then, uh, shortly after that, or I guess the, the next year, we pitched it to them, and they took it for evaluation. And they, shortly after that, uh, were bought out by Asmodee, 
and then their plans changed and they passed on it. So we kept working on it, thinking we can pub- we can uh, try and get someone else to publish it. And at some point, he was playtesting it with with Helena of Kids Table Board Game, which is who is his wife. <laughs> and she said, "I can't let you guys take this anywhere else. I I want it for me for Kids Table." So. Uh, then, but the problem was at that point it was an ice cream game and she didn't want to do another food game because her first two games were about food. And uh, so we rethemed the whole thing with uh, diving for treasure out of, out of pirate ships and, and uh, games turned out great. Well, certainly looks great. So let me, I want so, to talk more about this drive. Wait, Rob, hold on. I, I, want, I need to know more sure. about this drive. So you're driving <laughs> back from Gen Con. How yeah, we far... live in Toronto. Oh, boy. So, so how long of a drive is that? Uh Eight to nine hours, depending on the border crossing. All right, so I guess that's not terrible. I had this imagined, like, I had it in my head that it was like the Oregon Trail. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, not- it's, it's, it's one of those distances that's just a little bit too far if uh, to make it worth flying, or just, sorry, a little bit too close to, to make it worth flying, uh, but just a little bit, you know, too far to seem like a reasonable drive. So it's one of those things, if you can afford to fly, great, but, you know, us lowly designers are, you don't make a lot of money so driving is the way to go <laughs> listen uh who are you telling uh us lowly bloggers aren't exactly uh flying business <laughs> class to dubai um i'll tell you right, what yeah <laughs> so um so i'm so this is the story that's building in my head this is my head canon about the creation of this game so you guys are driving back who was driving uh well we were trading off driving oh, you're trading at off. the time at the time i was driving all right, so you were and driving. I sort of reached behind me and said, here, I've got this scrap of paper. Have a look. All right. <laughs> Man. All right, so, because that was where I was, that was where I was heading to next. Because, like, my biggest problem, as a writer, my um, my biggest problem is that I am, I get lots of ideas, but my biggest right. nightmare is getting those ideas onto paper before <laughs> they, like, fade off, like, some kind of, like, phantom. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I have so many little tiny scraps of paper with game ideas. And then sometimes I go back and look at them and go, that was crap. Why was I, what was I thinking? You know? Have <laughs> you other ever, times I'm thinking, whoa, wait, that's not bad. Have you ever <laughs> looked at a piece that. of paper that one of your scraps and had literally no idea what you were thinking? Like, literally, oh, yeah. you can't translate it? Uh, absolutely. It's just <laughs> incomprehensible shapes. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Rob, what were you going to say? I was going to say what I took away from this initial story is that this game is basically a sequel to Wasabi. <laughs> it's there like are, a follow-up. Of it that, that will feel like that, yeah. Like there's a, a set collection thing where if you do things in order, it's a with style, gives you a with style bonus, which is a, something from Wasabi. Because I am a, I am a huge fan of, of Wasabi. Oh, great. You know, I've never played it. Do you have it, Rob? I do. I do, in fact, have it. And it's actually uh, one of the, the rare few games that I purchased before I became a reviewer. Ah. All right. So this is a this is a game that I I actively researched and sought out and and purchased with my my hard earned dollars. Wow. <laughs> well, so Josh, this is, Josh will be happy to hear that. <laughs> this is relevant, Tim, just because our audience knows that um, Rob has this thing where he just he won't he won't buy a board game. He's just going to work for his... He works for his board games. So he just ah. has this massive collection because he's been writing in the board game industry for, what, like 10 years? 
Oh, it's almost been ten years now. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I, so it's it. So the fact that he paid for that game—that's like a, a place of honor. Um, <laughs> I part of me is doing this to call him cheap. It's it's a thing. Um, you just you can, you know, just let me roll with it. So. So I'm super fascinated by this car ride, and we could probably have a whole podcast all about it. But I sure I'm sure you don't <laughs> want to talk about it. So we have so you you cobbled together this these hieroglyphs on scraps of paper. You got home. Yeah. What did the first prototype look like? Uh, this is another thing that I am fascinated with with board game designers because everybody's prototypes uh, well, look different. Yeah, well, Josh is uh, pretty good at at uh, doing things up pretty quick because he's a graphic designer. Oh, so he so. has a lot, a lot of techniques for making things nice and quick. And uh, although I think I made the first player board, but uh, that was just you know shapes on a, on with Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it looked like ice cream, like the outlines of of ice cream cones. <laughs> that's, right. that sort of thing. So, um, so it started as ice cream, and yep. so you re- so we rethemed it to divers. How that yep. is. I mean, I making games is hard. That's why I don't do it. How do you get from ice cream to divers? Uh, to be honest, I don't know where uh, what made that uh, the uh, the thing that we we went with. Uh, that was actually Josh's suggestion. Okay. So he has another game. He has, <laughs> interestingly enough, that the name Rec Raiders came from another prototype that he had that he was trying to shop around that hadn't got a publisher yet. And he's like, I, I, I can't, I can't not give this new game this name <laughs> okay. because it fits so well. So, all right. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's quite obvious. I mean, what do you want to do with a big bowl of ice cream? You just want to dive right in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh man, man, Rob, that's just, that's a little bit much, I think. So, all right. So we know if it's been in development, roughly since like 2015 which is quite some time um so the uh but not really it, for a board game actually not really That's i mean pretty well, average I, pretty, pretty yeah all right maybe you're right you're right it feels like a long time <laughs> to me i know it does feel like a long time but uh yeah you quite often like i've had game i have a couple of games uh that took more than that to to get published so fair fair <laughs> <clears throat> so you guys are pretty much ready to go, right? I mean, it, it sounds like yep. the design is done. I mean, I, yep. I looked at the components, at least in the the video that Helena posted up on YouTube. I mean, man, it's, it looks yeah. There will be a, there'll be a few little tweaks, like like color changes and things like that, and uh, that from the uh, the the one that that the reviewers got sent out. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's pretty much done. All the artwork's all in, and yeah, it's ready to go. Okay, so. The, um, I'm trying to articulate this question correctly. <laughs> so, the as as far as like the way that you play, because you described it in the beginning as a dice rolling, set uh, a dice drafting. Dice drafting, dice drafting yeah. is what I tried to say. A so you want to go draft- into more details for that? <laughs> yeah, could we get a little bit of detail? Because those are sure. not normally things that are combined. <laughs> And I think it's really fascinating the way and elegant the way that it all played out on the on the game board. So I'd love to hear right. your, your thoughts on that, some detail, and then you know some insights on you know kind of why you went in that direction. Okay, uh, well I'll start with the with 
with how, how you play it. Uh, first thing that happens is, uh, so with a four-player game, we would have five dice, and the, the first player would roll the dice into the box lid, and on the box lid there are a few spots that have pictures of the baubles on them. Okay. And any of the dice that land on the baubles, uh, when somebody selects that die, would also get a bauble okay. of matching type. And so whichever die you grab, so say you grabbed a four, and say it had the skull under it, you would grab the skull bauble, and you would then be able to move one of your divers onto a four, onto one of the four wrecks, or possibly onto the beach, but I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, when you place on the four, now here's the interesting thing, when you place on the four, anyone who is on the three or the five will also get activated, even if it's your own guy. Okay. So you put on the four, you collect one treasure. Okay. Anyone's on the three and anyone's on the five also collect a treasure. So if it's all if all three of them belong to you, you're collecting three treasures. Which sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's the the main part of the game. Then the next person would grab a die and and so on all, all the way around. And then and the first the person who actually rolled the die, dice has the remaining die at the end, and then and plays their turn. And then the next all the dice. That's it. Sort of moves the the rotates you around, so rolls it get, gets their first choice, but and they also get the last, the leftover. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of like a snake draft in fantasy football. You pick first, that means you're picking last for your next stuff. Sure. So, okay. Um. So why did we? So how how did you settle on that combination of mechanics? Like, because obviously those are not commonly used together. Right. Uh, well, we started with. The placement of the of the meeples on the on the the racks, and okay. uh, at first you're just rolling a die or rolling two dice or whatever, and and whatever came up is where you had to go. Okay. Uh, and then I think it was Josh that had the idea that we could roll a bunch of dice and and draft them. Okay. So just the just the way to, to a way to move the the turns around nicely. And it worked out quite well. Okay. So. Well, Stephen is uh, is <laughs> is clicky clacking away. <laughs> One of the most interesting things I thought was the, you know, you, I, I I do love games that do this. Is that the the box is actually part of the game, right? And yeah. so, what's its its main function? Is it a combination score tracker slash dice tray, or is it just for for tracking the score? Uh, it's mostly because. Uh, at some point, we decided we wanted to add more of the baubles uh, because what, there's a few things, different things, things that the baubles do, uh, which I'll, I'll I'll tell you in a in a minute. Uh, basically, we wanted to add a few more to take care of another area that we created. Uh, so we were trying to figure out how to gain baubles from the dice. And at first, and at first, we thought, oh, okay, we could put a few on the dice, but then having an e equal spread didn't really work so well. So uh, and it was going to be expensive for the publisher. Uh, so we looked at other ways to do it, and, and what we came up with was to have a board, and then we sort of throw it against the side of the, of the box, and then at some point we decided, you know what, let's just put it right inside the box, and that worked pretty well. So okay, so that, that's the mechanic there of, of rolling the dice and having them land on... Having them land on the, on the squares with, with the, uh, the baubles on them, yes. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So you've got your... 
your built-in dice tray, so and then the, it actually fits in well mechanically with the game. Right. Right. So what the baubles actually do Very is, cool. is uh, each of the, the different baubles have, have abilities that you can use while you're placing your your meeples. Uh, one of them, the... Uh, the uh, Sorry, the uh, the skulls allow you to change your die roll by up or down by one. So if you if you have a skull, you pass that in, and it makes your your five into a six or or to a four or a six to a one. Uh, but those can also be used when you are making your display of, of treasures. If if it has the symbol in the top left corner, you can sort of decorate the that uh, uh, set. And get an extra two points for the skull. Uh, Very cool. Then let's see what else. There's the the starfish. You put that on any of your treasures, and it becomes wild. So if if you, you know, if, if you're going for a, a certain uh, a certain set, and somebody else takes it before you, then you can you're not stuck with uh, this this display of things that don't fit anything. You can just you can get a few of the starfish and change them into other things. Um, so you have some options, and you right, right. You can you can, your your plans can change on the fly, which is always is always good because there's nothing right. worse than when you you plan ahead and like you do yeah. let's say step one, and then somebody blocks you, and then you're like, oh, well, okay, now I have to start <laughs> from scratch. At yeah. least you kind of work around that yeah. a bit. So then the, also, the, uh, the third there's a third uh, bobble. I should tell you what that does. They there's a shell, the shell. It's like a scoop. It gives you an extra, extra bit of uh, of whatever treasure you you were going after. So, like like I said before, if you are placing a guy in on the five and you have two guys around it uh, on either side, I should say, and you end up getting three, if you had a shell, you can get a fourth. Or even if you just had one guy there and someone else is getting stuff, you add one and you get a second. So it just increases the, the amount that you get by by one. But then, if you if you also, uh, again with the displays, if there's a, a picture of a shell in the top corner, you can turn in the shell and get one of your choice. So just grab any treasure. But that's not all. All of these baubles they can also be used to to build aquariums. So you can tra- trade them in, sort of a set collection thing, and and they uh, build you up points based on the aquariums. Cool. So you've got the aspect of kind of like thematically you're 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 diving for stuff, uh, right. and then you're also you're kind of you can set up an aquarium and 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 score off of that as well as you know obviously right. your stuff. I, I love the idea of how the uh, the mechanic of rolling in the in the box came about. Where you said where you originally were going to bounce it, you know, off the box, and I, I just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I picture people in 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 dark alleyways and and dirty singles, chuck, chucking <laughs> yeah, dice against the wall. Yeah, that was sort of what I was wall. thinking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thinking crafts, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just shooting it against a brick wall and and seeing where it lands. Of course, it 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 takes you know a little bit of the edge off when you're shooting dice against the wall. Being, oh, I hope it lands on this bobble so I can get my stuff and build my aquariums. <laughs> right, and the interesting stuff. thing is uh, they're not evenly spaced like you you, there's areas that have different baubles placed sort of around in a circle and then one in the middle so you can sort of orient the box however you like then throw the dice in and sort of aim at one 
in hopes that you can get it. <laughs> now, I guess, like, statistically, are, are some just easier to hit than others? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, you know, dice are, are somewhat random in where they land, so you can sort of aim at stuff, but there's no guarantee you're going to hit it. Right. <laughs> and are the, are the bobbles, um, are they all the same size or are some different sized? Oh, they're all the same size, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know if, like, maybe something that was extra, you know, valuable or something was maybe smaller. Um, so well, kinda... we, tried to, we tried to get them fairly evenly valued. Um, you know, they, they all do multiple things, so... <laughs> right, right. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking in my head, like, you know, there's, there's, there's similar type things where you're aiming for something, and generally you think, like, skee-ball or things like that, the smaller things are <laughs> worth more, the large things are... are, right. are less um so you've got this lid of the box you've got, got these baubles then you have your board with the different the different sections so very very cool yeah. um and i mean yeah i, I actually didn't go into the there's there's two parts of the board you can set up things as a display uh to try and create your exhibits which are on cards uh but you can also put things in a, a vault which is a different ty- type of set collection uh, that are, that's more that's scores at the end of the game. So the the uh, the first kind of collection uh, is as you're going during during the game, and the other is at the end of the game. Okay. But you have the choice of where you want to put put things. And then, of course, on the on the board, you also have that aspect of of where you place your your pieces and how it can it can help other right. players. How, how you're collecting everything, yeah. Right, or it can, of course, like you said, it can boost boost yourself up. To, to quite a, a good bit if you if you plan properly. Yeah. So, if I could, if I, I I'm glad that uh, that Rob jumped in. I I, ha- I was trying <laughs> to formulate a question. I was trying. I had lost. I was trying to bring up the board game geek page, um, and because I had lost it. S- somehow because computers are dumb um but people are people are used to this this is a this is a ragtag operation here um so we're gathering all these you know treasures from these ships and then yeah. we are now the, the one the the one piece i did not understand is we are taking them and we are either building a like a a, a, a exhibit at a museum or right. something else like are we selling them or Oh, well, okay. they, they're building like your own collection in a vault. Oh, okay. And each of the different treasures has three different types, and if you have all three of them in your, in your vault, you'll get three points for them. But then in, in each row, because you're building from bottom to top, if you get all the same color in a row, you get points along the side for that row. Assuming they're all the same color. If they're not, then you know <laughs> you don't get those points. But uh, that's the that's the goal anyway. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot going on, um, and so it said. So the box says that this is for ten plus. Have you guys done a lot of yep. playtesting with the younger set? Well, we both have kids, uh, Josh and I. Okay. Uh, my my I have a I have a ten year old son who was able to play it no problem. Okay. Um, you know he he's plays plays a fair amount of games, so that's you know, but the fact that it was he was fairly easy. Okay. To, to, to pick it up, it tells me that yeah. It's, the age is, is just about right. Awesome. I mean, Rob and I both have, you know, kids that, 
help us uh, play test our game. So we totally understand. Um, and that's why I ask because there are there. I have had some folks come on the show um, and say they are making like a game that is targeted towards kids that has never given it to a child. Um, and so I always like to ask just to make sure. Um, cause in case you hadn't, I was going to maybe po- point you in that direction, figure it might be helpful. Um, but <laughs> cause who, who yeah, knew? it is helpful to have kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, puts, it, uh, it's helpful to have yeah. them test your children's games. I, I assume sure. that that was the case. I mean, it's being published by kids table board games. So one yeah, their, their kids are younger and, and uh, oh, yeah? a couple years younger than that. And I think they're older one for sure can, can, uh, can handle it. But awesome. I, I would not be surprised at all that if their younger one could handle it too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's that's good to hear because um, there's something to be said about games that can be played across uh, a wide age gap. Uh, there's, you know, there's not a lot of games that do that, um, especially games that are kind of bright and colorful, you know, like this one is. I, um, I mean, I don't know if you agree, Rob, but, you know, there's a lot of games that just that, that I have difficulty kind of connecting with my youngest on. You know what I mean? Yep. No, I totally get it. So speaking of, of, of bright and colorful, I mean, the game is, is absolutely beautiful. Um, and, it, and the video is extremely well done. So I'm, 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 yeah, that video is amazing, isn't it? It is. I'm kind of <laughs> looking forward to the, the Kickstarter campaign. And I'm, I'm hoping all of that kind of ties together into this, this beautiful, uh, eye-catching project that people will go and just immediately be like, yes, I, I want to. I want to pay for this because this is, you know, this is something I want to see on, on my shelf. <laughs> right, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, everything I've seen so far says, yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be great. So. Well, I mean, and it, it's, it's, in my head now, it is the sequel to Wasabi, so that's just, that's just, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not going to be able to think about this game and not be like, oh yeah, this is this is the follow up because you you mentioned that and that's it's stuck in my head forever. Well, not full follow up, but there are elements of it in it. Yes. <laughs> uh, how long are you guys uh, running the Kickstarter for? Is it going to be kind of a standard one month? Is it a is it a short term? Uh, I believe it's a month. Okay. And uh, what is the kind of the minimum pledge to to get a copy of the game? Uh, I should probably double check with with Helena, but I believe it's it's thirty nine dollars for the game, oh, plus awesome. shipping, plus cool. shipping though. Well, but, uh, that's the standard yeah. now. Um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. standard now. Yeah. The good news is, how about this, folks? Um, go to Kickstarter, search up Rec Raiders. Yeah. Worst case, <laughs> yeah, if we're sure. wrong, as soon as <laughs> Kickstarter Google, you know, kicks that up for you, you'll know the answer. So that's. That's that's the good that's the good news. We don't have to wait too long to get the uh, to get a answer if that one happens. But it looks about, I mean that sounds about right. It, it doesn't. It, I'm looking through my emails now to see if Helena in the beginning when she was pitching the interview uh, said anything. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't look like she did. But that's okay. I, I'm um, just texting her right now to to, to okay <laughs> confirm. Hey, listen, this is the magic of, uh, through the magic of podcasting, we can just get an answer right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no response yet, but. Uh... All right. No, we do. <laughs> oh, no, I, I wasn't, I, yeah, I wasn't sitting around waiting. I figured it would, uh, it would come. I just didn't know if Steven had anything to, to no, ask. You go ahead, Rob. Uh, well, my next question, and I know, 
you know, by the time this airs, the Kickstarter will have already launched. But but I want to know now, you know, what kind of do you guys have any cool stretch goals in mind or planned? Oh, yeah, there's there's lots. I, uh, probably better if it to again, just to go check out the, the, kick, the, the Kickstarter, Kickstarter and uh, there'll be a full list of everything that's that's, that's coming up. But there's some there's some cool stuff. I'll tell you. <laughs> I like cool stuff. I mean, it probably goes without saying being someone who kind of reviews stuff in the in the the toy and game industry but i love cool stuff <laughs> i don't steve steven steven i don't think he's he's a fan of cool stuff i mean i, I, like, <laughs> I like cool stuff what i mean are you saying i'm not <laughs> are you are you implying that i'm not fun is that where you're getting i'm I, I i would never say such a thing because i mean I, my wife will tell you that i am not fun um, oh, but, but that's, but that's, you know, longtime listeners will know as she's a regular on the show. This is just cause she's kind of a jerk sometimes. It's okay. Um, so I was going to, I was just going to be, um, I can get away with that cause she'll, she doesn't listen to the podcast while I'm around. Um, right, yeah. so cause if I was, if she was listening, like when we were in the car or something, it would, I would, I would be given like a, a, a stare or something, you know, it would get awkward, but since she listens elsewhere, um, she'll save it up and, and maybe she'll forget. Probably not though. I'm probably in trouble, but whatever. It's fine. Um, you know, it's good content for the internet. Um, <laughs> so, um, are you guys, so what's next? I mean, I guess, you know, we're, we talked about Rec Raiders. So, I mean, you're a game designer. How many games you got sitting in the tank? Oh, I've got uh, maybe eight or nine that are just sort of sitting there. Uh, I've got a couple that I'm actively trying to find publish, publishers for. There's about three of them. Oh, and I have awesome. another one coming out. I think it'll be out of Gen Con called Order of Invention, which is just a a, a party game. Uh, that one, basically, there's four inventions out on cards, and you have to bet in the order you think they're invented. So that's kind of neat. Like, are they like actual inventions? <laughs> yeah, they're real inventions. Oh, that's neat. They've got got eighty years worth. They're they're one for every year. So that's they're awesome. a very condensed set, mostly from uh, mostly from I think eighteen ninety nine is the oldest one to uh, nineteen seventy eight is the newest. That's it's eighty awesome. years. This this is this so let, let's talk about this one very briefly. I know we're breaking the rules because sure. I said we were <laughs> going to talk all about Rec Raiders, but really everybody, go check out the Kickstarter. But I want to I want to talk about this yeah, order sure. of first off order of inventions. A um, talk about telling you what the game's all about. Um, so we're <laughs> almost giving you the rules in the title. Um, yeah, this yeah. has this feels to me. Tell me if I'm wrong, Rob. This feels to me like a game that is way harder than it sounds. <laughs> Yes, like, yes. You tell me, well, like, dude, know, you're just going to uh, put these four uh, inventions in order. I feel like I'm going to be terrible at this game. Like, <laughs> I, I've played some of the timeline games, which I think are, are similar with, like, you know, they have historical events and, and stuff sure, like yeah. that. You have they're, to. They're much more spread out, though. These are much more condensed. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's wicked. It's Interestingly wicked enough, though, I, I created that, this game before I even, even heard of, uh, of timeline. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, this is the kind of game that I would be absolutely terrible at, and yet, of course, my kids, even not having been on this earth for you know more than than thirteen years max, would would totally thrash me at because they just <laughs> they somehow know like yeah, it, right. it just clicks in their head. And meanwhile, here I am, I'm like the old guy, and I'm like, ah, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So. 
Now the neat thing about it though is that once you're collect you're collecting uh, uh, tokens a- as you go, and you can bet them on future rounds. So there's a bit of a wagering uh, part to it as well. A little bit. I dig that. Yeah. I dig that. I need. I know. I want to play so, this game. Is there is there a way for you to come out ahead even if you don't uh, necessarily get all the kind of right placements? Sure. If you uh, if you bet on the right ones, then we'll see. No, points no, increase. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. So I might be a little bit better at this game than I initially <laughs> thought. So, all right, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling good here now. I still, <clears throat> I still feel like I'll find a way to fail spectacularly. This is what I imagine. Like when it matters the most for me, Tim, you're gonna drop a, a like a a, a quad of cards, and they're all gonna be like abstract inventions. One of them I'll have never heard of, and they'll all be within five years, and I'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Um, that would be well, my. Luck. I tried to go. I tried to go for inventions that that people would would uh, recognize. Oh, all right. right away. Well, but, I mean, there are there are a few years that are a little bit more obscure. Stuff like uh, one of them is a uh, a marshmallow extruder. It's the machine that makes marshmallows, basically. Uh, wow, that's a machine so, that I uh, that I that I like. I like that. That machine <laughs> added great value to the universe. Right, um, but before, yeah, absolutely. Because before that, they were just a homemade thing. This allowed them to be production. Like everyone could have them. Uh, like they're in the stores everywhere. So <laughs> that's. I mean, listen, it added it added a lot a lot to the world. That must have been. So, are you a history buff? Is that kind of a, like, or did this just kind of hit you? And Wikipedia is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. I just sort of. I sort of re- sort of realize, you know, there's all these things out here that people have no idea when they were created, and and like I said, I hadn't played Timeline before. I it, it was shocking to me that, that that existed already, and then I played it and I'm like, oh, this is completely different than my game. <laughs> so, <laughs> like the gameplay is totally different. Sure, but well, it sounds like it because you've got, like you said, you've got that wagering element in there too. Right. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've got you've definitely got more more depth in there and more ways for players to uh, to do well, even if, like you said, they don't have that that history knowledge. Well, I mean, isn't it right like the ability to just kind of go all in when you know, right? Like I know that the, that this is the right. Like on the off chance that you know, you can go all yeah, in. You'd be surprised not how often sure. people do that and they're wrong though. Oh, listen. <laughs> well, that would yeah, that would be me. that would hundred percent be me. be me. Okay, so this, and this is called Order of Invention? Order of Invention, yes. All right. And and so you think that's going to be Gen Con maybe later? Who knows? I believe so, yes. I haven't got confirmation, but I think they should have stock by then. Sweet. That's, I mean, if, if they, if they could potentially have stock by then, that means that it will be, if, even if they don't. To be, for them to to have it there. Like, I've, I've seen a production copy, so I don't see why, why it wouldn't be, but, uh, you know, that's, not always up to me. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I um, I have learned that because um, we we cover board games and video games here. So like video games are a little different, right? A lot of times it's digital, right. so it's just flip the switch and it just it appears on the into the universe. <laughs> board games yeah. obviously a little different. There's some more logistics that comes to that, like an ocean. Right. Plus, with video with video games, you have the uh, the luxury of being able to send a patch. Yes. Which uh, you can't you can't really do you that. You can't with board patch games, board games. Super easily, <laughs> you can um, fix the next printing, but in, until that happens, you're you're uh, stuck with what you got. So you kind of got to get it right the first time, right? At the yeah, very exactly. least, you got to get it right-ish. Can we say yeah. right-ish? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because well, you never get it right all the way right. But <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, I I imagine 
because I mean, again, ga- making games is hard. Um, inf- I have infinite respect for the creative process of making games because every time I even think about trying to do it, um, really just to like get into that headspace, I get dizzy. So, um, super, (laughs) you know, and I'm not just blowing smoke. Rob's heard me say this before. I huge amount of respect for you guys and getting something to the finish line has got to be the most like, the Sisyphean task, you know what I mean? Like, it's just got to feel crazy trying to get this done. So it almost feels like, and and it it must be that as soon as you cross the finish line, you turn around and you go, oh, crap, we dropped something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I suppose sometimes, but uh, hopefully not with us. (laughs) Well, I mean, Helena's done good work. Interesting thing about about, uh, designing board games is quite often you'll, you'll think something's done and you'll take it and you'll show it to a publisher and they'll give you pointers and say oh you need to change this or change that and, and you come back and you come back with the next year with a completely different game yeah <laughs> well helena does great work with kids table i mean the few i mean because we yeah, have she does. i'm looking over to my left on my shelf and we've got i mean between food food fighters i think that was their yeah. fir- was that their first game that was their oh, first yeah that is regularly brought out onto the table from my kids they play it at least every couple of weeks, um, oh, which is saying, I mean, they love that thing. Um, it took them a second to really get behind, the, get behind battling each other as like vegetables and meat. <laughs> like they really, but once they embraced it, they're like, listen, it's bacon versus broccoli in a death match. They're just all in. <laughs> um, so she obviously does great work. So I'm sure she gave you guys some good pointers and, you know, everything fits in. And what's, what I really like about it is now that I'm looking at the boxes, I mean, just aesthetically, everything just fits. Like, you know, obviously they're very different designs, you know, fighting broccoli, you know, and shipwrecks. But they still fit. They, they're they like siblings. You know what I mean? A really good job right. as far as you can tell that these are being published by the same team. And they've all been given the same amount of love, right? Was that at me? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Was no, that... that was my my wife's coming in to come into the room. Oh, that's okay. She can say hi if she wants. No big deal. Um, I don't think she will, but oh, okay, that's fine. You can tell her I said hi. Um, so Stephen says hi. <laughs> Literally no context. That's what we like. Um, just a random, yeah, pretty much no context. Yeah, random idiot on the internet says hello. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to 2018. Um, right. At least I'm safe. I'm an idiot, but I'm safe at least. Um, so huge. Fa- so that that was where I was getting at with the um, before I interrupted myself with random talk about being safe. Um, you could definitely tell these are siblings, right? They are games that are you know they they may be different in design, but it's great that they kind of fit into the same. Just looking at the aesthetic, I'm a huge fan because you can tell these are lovingly crafted games. They're not exactly the same, but they definitely. They're gonna they're gonna look nice on the shelf next to each other, um, and I can't wait to have that have recreators in my house. I know Rob can't wait either. Um, so, do you have any parting words for us, Tim? Uh, I'll just say, come check out the Kickstarter. It's, it's uh, at, well by the by the time they hear this, it'll be fully into it. So, uh, come come check it out. Ch- check out the video. The video shows the whole gameplay, and and uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, come check it out. <laughs> that video is awesome. You're not being forceful enough, Tim, so I'll do it for you guys. Okay. You know what to do. 
We need <laughs> we need to be the cavalry. Come in. Let's give him a couple more backers. Um, because listen, he suffered through listening to me. So at the very least, we got to reward them with a little bit of help on their campaign. So Tim, thank you very much for joining us on episode 140 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure. Um, I wish you absolutely the best of luck with your campaign. Oh, thanks a lot. No problem. And the, you thanks folks, for having listen, me. Oh, no problem. It was our pleasure. And for, for our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. Um, next week, we're going to be back to talk about video games again um, because now we're going to have uh, – there's just so much news. It's crazy, Rob. It's just this bananas. Um, you'd, think it, you'd think E3 would just drain the news for a little while. But no, it's not. We're going to be back. We're going to talk about some cool stuff for video games. Um, uh, but until next time, I hope you guys have a great week. And don't forget to get your family game on. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Later. Boom. That's it. Thanks, Tim. Great. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.